0: Well, good morning. Is everybody awake? (laughs) We have to do better than that. Good morning. There you go. Everybody's awake on this beautiful, chilly morning. Let me try to get this so the wind does not blow. Well, last week we left off with Moses asking some very honest questions of God. And uh, during uh, Daniel's sermon, he invited us to think about the questions that we might have of God. So on Wednesday, I took the morning to just sit and journal. And I began to just think of all the different questions that I have of God. Well, I stopped after the 14th question, and I could have gone on and on and on. Because the truth is... We all have questions of God. For me, one of the questions that I was wrestling with was the whole idea of why God allows the media and our social network to continue to promote lies. Lies that have evil influence over our society. I also was asking God why after my 54th birthday was this week, Why am I still single? And why don't I have a family? And as I talked with different community group leaders this past week, it sounds like many of you had similar questions. You had questions about the events over the last weeks. Others of you were asking God why he's allowing the pandemic to continue. Some are asking God about the pain and hardship that they're facing in their marriages, And others are asking God why their children have walked away from the faith. The truth is, like Moses, we all have questions of God concerning unmet desires, past wounds, and the brokenness of the world. And I just want to applaud all of you for the courage to begin to ask those questions. I know it's a difficult process And this morning, as we look at our nine verses, we see that God listens to our questions and he answers them. And I want us to consider three things that God says to Moses in answering his questions. The first is, God reminds Moses of his all sufficiency. And then, secondly, God reminds Moses of his goodness and care for his children. And then thirdly, God informs Moses what he's going to do on behalf of his people. Let me pray for us. Father, we're grateful this morning for the chill in the air. And Lord, we are even grateful for the leaf blower that is behind us. And we would just ask That you would take away that distraction and that you would help us to listen to your word this morning that you have for us. And so, Holy God, we pray that you would give us ears to hear. And we pray this in your powerful name. Amen. So, if you open your bulletin or you can open your Bible, the first thing that God does, He answers. Moses' question, he reminds Moses of his all sufficiency. Now, one thing I've learned over all these years of counseling is it's very difficult when people are asking questions of me to discern initially what's their overriding question, but it's more, even more difficult to discern what is the question underneath the question. And as we look at God's first answer, To Moses, in verse 2 and 3a, what we see is that God answers the question behind Moses's question. Look at the text. He says, I am the Lord. I appeared to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob as God Almighty. God reminds Moses in this verse of one of his names. The name he gave Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the name El Shaddai, which means God who is sufficient. God saw that the one thing that Moses was feeling and the one thing that he was asking underneath all the questions that he asked was a sense of powerlessness. Moses felt powerless to change Pharaoh and to help deliver the Israelite people. And so God, knowing how Moses was feeling, he says to him, I want you, Moses, to remember that I am El Shaddai. I am God Almighty. I am sufficient for your helplessness and your inadequacies. You see, God had established a covenant with Abraham to make him a father of many nations, to multiply his descendants but at the time Moses, I mean Abraham was old, and Sarah was old. And so they felt helpless. They felt powerless. And it took time. And God came to Abraham and said, Remember my name. My name is El Shaddai. I am the sufficient one. I am the one who's going to open Sarah's womb. I am the one who's going to give you a child. I am going to make you the father of nations. I am God Almighty. One commentator says it this way, God reminds Moses that when he is at his weakest, God is most potent. And as we look to the New Testament, we find Paul with similar questions of Christ as he asked him to remove the thorn from his side that is rendering him powerless. And Jesus' answer to Paul is the same as God's answer in Exodus 6, verse 2 and 3. My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, Paul writes, I will boast all the more gladly of my weakness, so that the power of Christ may rest upon you. For the sake of Christ, then, I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, you are strong. Moses was wrestling with his sense of powerlessness, his sense of helplessness. And as he was asking God questions, God knew that he was struggling with that. And so God answers by saying to him, remember my name. Remember that I am El Shaddai. I am all sufficient. I am the one who will help you. I am the one who is adequate. I am the one that has power when you feel powerless. And so this morning, as you reflect on your questions of God, my guess is that one of your underlying issues is the same underlying issue that Moses felt And that was a sense of powerlessness, a sense of powerlessness to change our circumstances, to heal our wounds, to restore the brokenness in the world. Our text tells us this morning that God hears your questions and he answers by reminding you that he is El Shaddai. He is the all-sufficient one who can overcome any personal inadequacy and who will provide for you when you feel helpless. God is sufficient. He has every resource that is needed to care for you and your family. He has the power to heal and restore. And no matter how great the giants you face in your own heart or in the world, God is greater and more powerful. If he can work through David using one stone to topple Goliath, he can work through the Holy Spirit to strengthen and embolden you and me. So as we look at our text this morning, the first answer that God offers Moses is the reminder of his all-sufficiency. Secondly, as we look at our text this morning, we see God reminding Moses of his goodness and care for his children. Now, have you ever wondered why you celebrate your wedding anniversary? Now, the cynical side of me is that we celebrate wedding anniversaries because it's a great money-making for our, uh, for our world with cards and, and, and the flowers and those things, but the less cynical side of me is that we celebrate our wedding anniversary because every year, as we live with our spouses, we, we get into the minutia of the days and the weeks, we, we sometimes forget who they are. We forget the goodness of their hearts. We forget why we fell in love with them in the first place. We forget why we married them. And so every year you celebrate your anniversary and it's an opportunity for you to go back and to remember how it felt, the pattern in your heart, when you saw them for the first time and how you, were, you would do anything to be around them. You remembered their love, their care for you. Well, in our passage this morning... God takes Moses back and celebrates an anniversary. He celebrates an anniversary of their first meeting on Mount Horeb. If you look at verse 3b, you see God saying to Moses that I revealed more of myself to you on Mount Horeb. I revealed my name. Yahweh, I am who I say I am. And I want you to remember, Moses, in the midst of all your questions and you asking whether or not I'm evil or whether or not I'm capable of doing evil things, I want you to remember when you first encountered me on that mountain. And I believe as, as God began to take Moses back, Moses did begin to remember He remembered standing on that mountain, looking at that burning bush and seeing that it wasn't consumed by fire and then turning to see God and God in that moment saying out of his kindness and grace to Moses that he needed to take off his sandals because the ground in which he was standing was holy ground, not because the dirt in and of itself was holy, but because God's presence was there. And God is a holy God. There's no imperfection in him. There's no evil that exists in him. And God is saying to Moses, go back, remember, you're questioning whether or not I'm evil, but remember what it was like to be on the mountain with me. I am a holy God, I am perfect. And also remember when we were all on that mountain. I know you're wondering whether or not I care about you and the Israelites, but remember, remember what I said to you on Mount Horeb. I told you, I have surely seen the affliction of my people who are in Egypt and have heard their cry because of their taskmasters. I know their sufferings and have come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of the land to a good and broad land, a land flowing with milk. And honey, I told you on that mountain that I care about you and your Hebrew brothers and sisters. I told you then, and I'm going to tell you again now, I have established my covenant with them to give them the land of Canaan, the land in which they lived as sojourners. Moreover, I'm going to remind you again, Moses, I have heard the groaning of the people of Israel whom the Egyptians Hold as slaves and I have remembered my covenant. God reminds Moses of that first encounter. He reminds Moses that yes he is holy he is perfect there's no evil that exists in him and he reminds Moses though it doesn't look like God cares about the Israelites or about him he reminds him of that encounter and the words that he said to them, that he heard the groaning of his people, and he still hears their groaning, and he cares for them. And so, as we ask our questions of God, I want to encourage you to go back and celebrate your anniversary with him. Because what I find, and what I have found this week, is as I asked all my questions of him. It was so helpful to go back and to remember when I first met Christ at age 16, to remember his goodness, to remember how alive he felt to me, to remember how holy he felt to me, to remember how alive God's word was to me, to remember that he is good and that he is loving and that he is caring. And so when we remember our first encounter with him, it's, it's almost as if our questions of him dissipate into his love and into his grace and his mercy. And so as we look at our passage today, first we see God reminding Moses of his sufficiency. Secondly, God reminds Moses of his goodness and care for him and the Israelites. And third and lastly, God informs Moses what he's going to do on behalf of his people. Moses' great concern is that God had promised to deliver the Israelites. And thus far, things weren't going as expected. But if you look at verses 6 through 8, God offers seven I am statements. Seven being the number for completion. He offers these statements to Moses to reassure him that God indeed is on his side. And though it might not look like it, God is at work. God says, first, I am the Lord. I will bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. Secondly, the Lord says, I will deliver you from slavery to them. Thirdly, the Lord says, I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with great acts of judgment. Fourthly, the Lord says, I will take you to be my people. Fifthly, the Lord says, I will be your God and you shall know that I am the Lord your God who has brought you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. Sixthly, the Lord says, I will bring you into the land that I swore to give to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. And seventh and lastly, the Lord says, I will give it to you for a possession. Remember Moses, I am the Lord. In these seven statements, the Lord speaks of a future deliverance. He speaks of the intimacy that he has with his people, and he speaks of their inheritance. God graciously reminds Moses of his work of liberation, bringing out the Israelites from the yoke of distress because of their slavery. And God promises redemption for his children. God says, I am your kinsman redeemer, who is willing to buy you back from Pharaoh. And as your kinsman redeemer, I will give you the land, your inheritance that I had promised to your forefathers. So Moses, rest assured, I will complete what I have set out to do. Don't give up. Remember who I am. And remember that I have the power to liberate, the power to redeem, and the power to restore your brothers and sisters from the hands of Pharaoh. And and in the midst of all of these I am statements, I believe Moses' heart began to shift. His faith began to grow. But as we look at verse 9, we see that while Moses took in all that God had said to him, and was comforted by that, he went and spoke to the Israelites. And they struggled to listen to Moses because of their broken spirit and harsh Slavery. And what I love about this is Moses hears God answering him and it grows his faith. But when he goes to the Israelites, they continue to struggle. And God is so patient with us because he could have easily just said at that point, I am tired of you guys. I'm tired of you complaining. I'm tired of you bickering. I'm tired of you not trusting. But as we will see in the upcoming chapters, God didn't do that. He is a gracious God. He is gracious with our questions. And even when he answers our questions, and we struggle to believe him and struggle to walk with him, and we continue to complain, he is gracious with us. He has offered us promise after promise after promise. And so this morning, as you think about your own questions that you have of God, know that you have a God who not only listens to your questions, he wants to answer them. He wants you to see his character. He wants you to hear his love for you. He wants you to take you back to when you first met him and the richness of your relationship with him. He wants you to remember the faithfulness of all these years. He wants you to take his word that's full of his promises for you and to stand on those promises. As Daniel mentioned last week, God never chastised Moses for asking difficult questions, nor does he frown on us for asking him difficult questions. In asking our questions of God, we draw close to Him. And God answers not only Moses, but He answers us. My prayer is that you and I will have ears to hear Him. That we'll have the courage to continue to go to Him and to ask those questions of Him. And when He speaks, that the Holy Spirit will give us the faith to stand to stand on his word to stand on his promises and to continue to walk in faithfulness with him let me pray for us father we're grateful this morning for your goodness to us lord we pray as you answered moses and all of his questions we pray that we would have the courage to ask you our questions Lord, give us your ears to hear. You whisper in our ears that you've chosen us, that you love us, that you forgive us, that you will redeem the years the locusts have eaten, that you will heal our wounds, that you will heal our nation, that you will deliver us from this pandemic. Lord, help us to hear you throughout the day and help us to continue to put one foot in front of another to walk in faith and to trust you. And we pray this in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen.